0: you are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. I'm so blessed to be here this morning, and I have 15 minutes to share with you and uh, Hayward is going to follow up with the last 15 minutes. And uh, I know miracles still happen today, so I'm pretty sure I can do it. Here we go. Well, this morning, I'm going to be talking about a little bit about vision, a little bit about, about where we're going. And I wanted to open up um, the, the conversation with a poem written by Mark Batterson. And Mark Batterson is an author who's written many Christian books. Um, and uh, he's, he's fairly well-known now in the, as a Christian author. And uh, this is from his book called Lion Chasers. And here it goes. It says, quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Run to the roar. Set God-sized goals. Pursue God-given passions. Go after the dream that's destined to fail without divine intervention. Stop pointing out the problems and become part of the solution. Stop repeating the past and let's start creating the future. Face your fears, fight for your dreams. Grab opportunity by the mane, and don't let go. Live like today is the last and the first day of your life. Burn sinful bridges, blaze new holy trails. Don't live for the applause of nail-scarred hands. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Dare to fail. Dare to be different. Quit holding out. Quit holding back. Quit running away. Chase the lion. In this poem, I would hope that we'd all know what the lion is. The lion of Judah. He's the person of Jesus. And we're called to pursue him and seek after him and to follow him. And this morning, our proposal is that we'll all chase the line together as a church. It's every individual seeking after the face of Jesus together as a group so that we can see our community transformed with the gospel for Jesus Christ. God has some big dreams and visions for our community, and we are a big part of that. And we really believe that God wants to move in some new mighty ways, and it's going to require some stretching of our, of our normalcy, of uh, might make us a little uncomfortable at times, going to require maybe making some new friends, going to require us to uh, have a joy and a love for people that maybe we haven't always expressed as outwardly as, uh, as we can. But at the core, it comes down to this, that here at Cola Community Church, we believe that life is simply better when it's lived in relationship with God. And our desire for, a church, for our church is to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, living together in community and driven to share the love of God that he has lavished on us with our world. And um, we're convinced that a life that's wholly devoted to Jesus is the most dynamic and fulfilling way to live and a way to accomplish that goal. Um, for any of you that have been here over the summer, you may have uh, come in contact with our new church logo this is a Kola Community Church here. And um, a lot of time and effort went into uh, constructing it. And uh, you'll notice it's on our tithing envelopes now. It's on our website. And moving forward, this will be the logo um, that will be recognized by as a community. And it has a few different components that our old one didn't. Our last logo had kind of a couple C's there. But this one has a cross incorporated into it. Uh, some water on the bottom half of the C. And we emphasize Cold Lake Community Church. The Cold Lake is smaller than the Community Church because what we really want to foster and promote here at Cold Lake Community Church is community and the family of God. And, um, and so we tried to express that as much as we could with our, our new logo. But uh, this morning, I want to highlight that everything that we do as a church is a response to God's love. God's love for us. Because before we even heard the name of Jesus, God, the Father God, had sent his son to come and die for us. And the Bible says that he demonstrated his love for us in that before, while we were still enemies of God. And God is so amazing. His love is is so real. And uh, our church and our mission, we know, should be centered around a response to the love of God in our lives. And we as a church are committed to leading people in a way that will empower them to experience more and more of life through Jesus Christ and to embrace what that means. This morning, um, to introduce kind of our mission and why we do what we do as a church, I wanted to um, take you on a little journey of imagining a church community. And so if you, for a moment would imagine with me a community that's committed to cultivating a strong private and corporate prayer culture. A church where people are attuned to the voice of God, to the will of God, so that when they pray, God answers. Where people pray with an expectation that God is going to answer their prayers. Imagine with me a community where prayer is center, where we have a mandate and the privilege to praise God for who he is and what he does in our life. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that I will heal their land. And we believe this, that as we seek God... And we're, we allow ourselves to devote ourselves to following Jesus. That the result is the other areas of our lives. That there'll be healing. That there'll be a wholeness that takes place in our life. That where there's brokenness, God will bring healing. Where there's depression and sadness, God will bring new life and joy. And the fruit of his spirit when we seek after him. And it's a process. It's a process that we all go through. But it's one that we're committing committing as a church leadership to follow and to walk with you through. Imagine this morning a community where the presence of God not only transforms individual lives, but entire region, the entire community and city of Cold Lake and the Lakeland area. Imagine a community where people are set free regularly from addiction and sinful habits that enslave them where there's freedom from depression and hopelessness. And instead, they meet and encounter the Holy Spirit and are filled with hope and life because the love of God is manifesting in their life and in this region. Imagine a community that's outrageously generous and the impact we could have on those around us. A community where no one is in lack for the basic necessities of life. A community that embraces the biblical principles of finance who manage their resources and their wealth not only to accumulate for ourselves but to bless others and love them into the kingdom of God. Imagine a community that values missions both local and abroad. A community that values spreading the gospel and making strategic and increasingly important investments in serving and meeting the needs of their community and the needs of those people around the world. Imagine a community that invests in the next generation. A community that invests in young people and gives them a solid foundation at a young age so they can walk with integrity and know who their God is and disconnect from the trend Of the last 20 years of a disengaged young adult population from the church. But investing strategically in young people so that when they go off to high school and college and university, they have a faith that will guide them and lead them into adulthood so they can have a strong foundation and can avoid some of the mistakes that maybe we have taken. Can have the blessing of the Lord that will just continue to increase in their life from their generation to the next. Imagine a community in which unity is the standard and the norm. That there's diversity of expression and diversity of of opinions, but there's a respect for everyone and a love that conquers disagreements in which we come together and we worship God together in unity as one church, despite the differences, despite sometimes challenging situations, but that we allow the love of God to bond us together in such a way that we are a family. Imagine a community where we encourage one another and we value encouragement one in which we inspire and encourage people to live up to their God-given calling, where we love people exactly where they're at, without judgment. And we love them, and we encourage them and lead them to their next step in life, whatever that is, where we're always willing to help, lay out a hand to stop for our neighbor and to be that good Samaritan that loves even the most unlovable people, who notices the person that feels invisible, that notices the lonely at heart. Imagine a community that doesn't fear pain and brokenness, but who has full faith in the one who casts out all fear, who heals and who restores even the most broken of men and women. Imagine a community that plants seeds of hope to those who are alone and hopeless. Imagine a community of believers who embrace authenticity. People who don't pretend to be something that they aren't, but who humbly and gracefully trust in Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit to transform them. And they're real with the people around them. A community that speaks truth in love, but is unashamed of the God who they serve, and who are devoted and walk with Him every day, knowing, seeking to know Him better each and every day. Church, this is what we believe Cole Community Church is and will continue to be as we seek God together and as we dream about what God is, wants to do in our midst and in our community. So why is it that we do what we do? Well, first, it's because we're motivated by God's love. And um, that's been built into our mission statement here, where our mission is empowered by the Holy Spirit, we'll share God's love everywhere. Sharing God's love results in leading people into an authentic, life-changing relationship with Jesus. And our mission is about sharing the love of Christ to our community. And love, it's more than just an emotion or a feeling. But love is an action word. Love cannot just be loving somebody with good intentions. Love goes beyond good intention. It goes towards a tangible act of love. And uh, sometimes, love can even mean having to say no sometimes. Sometimes. But love is at the heart and the core of everything we do at Kola Community Church. And our mission as a church, we believe God is summarized in the word go. And in Acts 1.8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. We are called to love people. We are called to be a people who love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. But we're also called to love our neighbor as ourself. And as we move forward... Our desire is that we would be people who embrace the value of seeking after God. Embrace living in community as a church. But not forget the third piece, which is to reach our community. To be hand extended, to love people. And to lead them also into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. We're committed to reach others who have not heard the gospel. Who have not been taught about who Jesus is. And uh, our goal as a church is to become a disciple-making church, a church that bears fruit, a church that doesn't only gather once a week, but a church that becomes the lifeblood of our wider community as well, that we impact and our love and what we do spills over into our community. One way that we're phrasing this is, um, what would it look like if somebody, if it was impossible to move to Cold Lake not hear about Coley Community Church within your first 30 days. If someone were to hear about Coley Community Church that was new to Cold Lake, what would they hear? I guess maybe the next logical question is what do you tell them? That were awesome. <laughs> One of the ways that we, these are the three areas, I'll say, that are going to be, the, um, going to be our focus for the next few years. One is to know God better. One is to live life together in community within the church. And the third piece is to be on mission. And if you've been in our church for the last year, you'll know that we've been highly emphasizing Connecting connecting and living life together and so we have connect lunch once a week i mean once a month once a week that would be wonderful once a month we connect on a sunday after church and we have a meal and we spend time together and um we've really been trying to promote the aspect of community that when people come into our church that this is a place of belonging that people belong before they believe that when they walk in through these doors, regardless of who they are, where they've come from, or what they've encountered and experienced in their life, no matter what they believe in that moment, that we're going to open up our arms and love them as our neighbor. That we want to make them feel welcome in this place. And uh, it's an amazing thing that you can be loved into the kingdom of God. The Bible says that we can do nothing without love. To try to evangelize or to spread the, the gospel without love, the Bible says it's like a noisy gong. And love has to be the, our natural default as people of God. Love's just got to permeate out of our being as we're spending time with people. So Christ, Luke 10, 27, says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind. And that's what we purpose to do moving forward is to help you and our community know who God is and know him better continually week after week after week. Our goal is to help us grow by living in community and creating a church environment and a church culture that fosters community and love in such a way that people come here and they want to connect with people, that they feel like at home when they come here. And um, there's a model that, that I heard recently that I really liked, and it's this idea of foyer living room kitchen, where when somebody comes into your home, and they make it into your foyer, well, that could be anybody. It could be a the girl guide selling a cookie, or it could be, you know, somebody trying to sell you something, or it could be someone just dropping something off. But the next line is, you know, if you invite someone to come into your living room to have a cup of tea, well... They've broken through that threshold of the foyer. Now it's a little bit more personal. You're building some relationship now. And third is the kitchen. And the kitchen is where close family and friends gather. It's where the deep conversations and the deep relational things happen. And I don't know if that's your house where the kitchen is kind of the gathering place when people come. But there's an intimacy that happens at a different level from the foyer into the kitchen. And our goal is to be a church that we invite people from the foyer into our kitchen, that um, we don't just see people in the foyer give a wave and say, hey, friend, someone else, let's go to the kitchen. Let's invite people to the kitchen with us. That's the type of church that, that we want to embrace and be, is a church that we love people, and we're constantly investing in others and bringing them along in the journey that God's bringing us on. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That's the other value that we're going to be embracing as church, is connecting together as a local community and a thirdly community, which is the missional aspect, which on here is listed as beyond mission, where it says in Matthew 28.18 that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus said. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This model of Christ Church community I'm going to touch on more next week and talk about a discipleship process that we um, as a church leadership have developed to help walk people from the foyer into the kitchen. A process that's going to help us to be able to disciple those that come into our lives, to be able to help walk people and lead people to their next step, to help them connect into the life of the church, to help them be able to serve in the life of the church and help them learn to grow and know who God is and know who they are in him and then show them and walk with them in how to then disciple somebody else. And so it's a full process that our goal is that the average person can walk through this process in a year. That nobody can exist in Colgate Church within one year of not then leading someone else to the Lord and being effective in that way of learning to walk someone else through the steps of our ministry process. So we're going to talk about that next week. Um, but my time is up. But um, I was just a touch on on our mission, which is to love others and to to uh, lead people through this model of Christ Church Community, which is our vision, which is connecting to Christ, church, and community. And we will look at these three areas and learn how we they'll help us to continue us to grow and become a healthy discipleship-making church. Um, Pastor Hayward is now going to come, and he's going to share about our beliefs, what we believe as a church, and how our beliefs inform our vision. And so our, our hope is that as we move forward, that these aspects of, of our mission and our vision won't be something that's new to you. will be something that's familiar, because you'll see it in the Bible. You'll see it in the New Testament, that this is what the church is called to do and be, to know God to do it in relationship as the family of God together and to reach our world with the gospel and the love of God. And so our hope is that we will chase the line together as a church, that we will put aside our personal preferences and just serve God and love God and love each other and reach our community for the love of Jesus. So Pastor Hayward.
1: Well, praise the Lord. We're still on track, guys. Don't worry. Okay, we all have faith, okay? Faith, belief, a trust in something or someone. That impacts the way that we live and the decisions that we make. We may not always be conscious of uh, the impact that our faith has, but it does. The Bible declares that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Today, we're talking about faith in God. We have appended to our Constitution a, a document entitled Statement of Fundamental and Essential Truths, and everyone who ministers in, uh, in leadership role at Cole Community Church is expected to know and agree with this document. This is going forward. What we are doing today is uh, getting all of our congregation, people who now make Colette Community Church their home, um, making them familiar with this so you'll be on a fast track. Everyone coming in after this will have to go through this Connect 101 uh, document that we have, and we will be passing out the documents to you next week, and, uh, and so then uh, you will have that for reference as well. This Sunday and next Sunday is a fast track for our congregation. The Statement of Fundamental and Essential Truths, the preamble, I'll give you a part of it, it says this, the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada stands firmly in the mainstream of historical Christianity. It takes the Bible as its all-sufficient source of faith and practice and subscribes to the historic creeds of the universal church. It's in common with the historical evangelical Christian Community. It em- emphasizes Christ as Savior and coming King, who also presents Christ as the healer. It adopts the distinctive position of the baptism in the Holy Spirit with speaking in other tongues. First of all, we want to look at the scriptures. All Scripture, we believe all Scripture, because the Bible says it, is given by inspiration of God. You'll find that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. The whole Bible in its original is without error. And the Bible do not simply contain the words of God. It is the word of God. That's our stand. And we don't take any flack from anyone about that. It's not negotiable. That's what, that's what the Bible teaches, and that's what we believe. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of ascender of soul and spirit, and is in the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God exists eternally in three persons. We believe in the Trinity. You won't find the word Trinity in the Bible, but you will find Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on a different number of occasions. And so the Father exists eternally as the creator of heaven and earth. And the Son, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, is the eternal and the only begotten Son of the Father, and he is true God and true man. In John chapter 1 introduces us to Jesus in just verse uh, uh, one to four, and then I'll just use uh, verse 14 there as well, it says, "In the beginning, the Word was already existing. The Word was with God, and the Word was God." That's talking about Jesus, okay? He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created, and nothing was created except through Him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. And then the verse 14 of uh, John chapter 1 says, So the word became human. Uh, Some versions say flesh. The word became human or flesh and made his home among us and was full of unfailing love and and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father, Father's one and only Son. It's talking of Jesus Christ. So God the Father, God the Son. Now Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He died on the cross, our substitute. He paid the price for our sin. He's now at the right hand of the Father as our great high priest. And he will come again to establish his kingdom In righteousness and peace. We believe there's a day coming when the trumpet will sound. The dead in Christ will rise first. And those of us who remain will be caught up together with them in the air. To meet the Lord in the air. And the Bible says, and then we'll be forever with the Lord. Then there's the Holy Spirit. The other part of the Trinity. The third part of the Trinity. Holy Spirit is also God. Performing actions and possessing the attributes of personality. He has personal characteristics and that individuals may relate to him as a person he is he is the promised comforter in which uh, uh, in us and and with us in our personal walk with Jesus Christ. All of this will be in the document and you can read it over and we have all the references to everything that we believe uh, we believe in in angels we believe that there's demons, and we believe in man, and we, and, uh, and we believe in believers. Amen? <laughs> However, Satan, a created angel, sinned and fell uh, through pride and was followed by the angels who rebelled him. And one-third of the angels, the Bible says, fell with Satan at that time. Okay, these, uh, these fallen angels, we believe, are demons and are active in opposing the purposes of God today. Um, the remaining faithful angels continued before the throne of God, and and serve as ministering spirits. Hebrews chapter one verse fourteen says they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. Now sometimes people, uh, when 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 somebody dies, you'll hear people say God has has another angel now in heaven. That is false. They never got that out of the Bible. That's just uh, good thinking, I guess, or poor thinking, whatever you want to call it. But that's not the angels, the same amount of angels in heaven now that was there ever since the fall. And uh, they don't, they're not added to in any way. Uh, and so angels are angels and humans are humans, okay? Uh, so uh, demons attempt to thwart God's purposes and... and uh, and he does that, they do that through uh, assignments that the devil gives them to influence us in our walk with God. <clears throat> Believers cannot be possessed by them, we believe that. And because our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and uh, man was originally created in the image and likeness of God. And we lost that image and likeness when Adam fell. And the way we regain it back is by a, a born again relationship with Jesus Christ. Man fell through sin and, and spiritual debt and depravity of, of human nature have been transmitted from Adam to us. And man can be saved only through the atoning work of Jesus Christ. And so when he died on the cross, that once and for all sacrifice was made. There's no need for any other sacrifice. Jesus paid it all. And now all I have to do is accept the sacrifice that he made. And I pray and say, Lord, I I thank you, Father, for, for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. I accept what he did as a total payment for my sin. God forgives you. And then if you mess up, as surely you will, we all do. But we just simply pray and ask God to forgive us. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? Salvation has been provided for all men through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And there are a few, uh, there uh, Acts chapter 4, 12 says, for there is no other name under heaven given among, among men by which we must be saved. That's the only name, Jesus, okay? He's our savior. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. We believe the Bible. That's the Bible. It's in the Bible. That's the way we believe it, and that's the way we try to live it. Uh, those who repent and believe in Christ are born again of the Holy Spirit and receive eternal life. There's some words, some, some religious words that you hear from time to time that some of you may not understand. Repentance, that is a vital part of believing. Repentance simply means turning around, turning away from sin, turning to God, and, and then following him. With, with all of our heart. Regeneration is a creative work that happens when we ask Christ to come into our heart. He, he changes us. We become new people in Christ Jesus. And uh, so uh, justification, that's God looks at us just as if we had never sinned. I'm going through this real fast now because uh, we don't have too much time. Assurance of salvation is a witness that you have in your heart. A, salvation is a spiritual thing. It's something that happens. Your body don't get saved, okay? It's your spirit. And you have, that, you have that witness in your spirit that you are born of God. And once you ask Jesus Christ to come to your heart and you really believe it, you have that witness there and nobody can tell you any different. You know that you know that you know that you're a part of the family of God. All of this is the result of a completely changed life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore... If any man be in Christ is a new creation, all things are passed away, and may all, all things become new. And then we believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We do believe that when you ask Christ into your heart, he comes into your heart by, by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit comes to indwell each born-again believer. But there is an experience for power that is additional to that. And so uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience in which believers yield control of themselves to God. And this is a promise to believers that God made to them and, uh, and you receive power to witness power to grow in him. And there is also, uh, that comes with that, the ability to speak in another language. And that usually, basically, today we use it mostly for our prayer life in our prayer closet where we pray with God. When we don't know how to pray as we ought, the Holy Spirit prays through us. And so the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. That is a different thing that will happen when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but then you, will, you can continue to use tongues in your prayer life. Okay, the gifts of the Spirit are supernatural abilities given by God through the exercising of which believers are enabled to minister effectively in particular situations to edify the church. We use that, those gifts in in evangelism, in uh, gifts of healing, gifts of faith, uh, all kinds of things that needs to be done to keep a healthy church, to keep healthy, healthy people spiritually, those gifts are there. For instance, we believe in divine healing. Divine healing is provided in the atonement. The Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we were healed and so we believe that and so first uh, first peter chapter 224 says who himself bore our sins in his own body on a tree uh, having died to sin that he might that we might live for righteousness for by whose stripes we were healed the prayer of the sick we pray for the sick anointing them with oil and laying hands of the, on them and incur, and are encouraged to practice this at Colette Community Church. In James chapter 5, verse 14 to 16 says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And then the church. All born-again believers are members of the universal church, which is the body and the bride of Christ. Now that goes beyond anything that we call uh, denomination. So it doesn't matter what kind of a tag, what kind of a religious tag you have, you wear. You may be able to say, I'm a Catholic or I'm a Protestant or I'm a Pentecostal or I'm a Baptist or I'm a Salvation Army. It doesn't matter what that tag is. If you have made a confession of faith to Jesus Christ, if you have believed in him and the price that he paid on Calvary for the the saving of your soul you're born again, you're a part of that universal church. And so we believe that. And uh, in, in our denomination, we, this is what we, we have two ordinances. We don't call them sacraments because these things don't save you, but it's ordinance. And so uh, the Lord's Supper or communion, we, we do that once a month usually, but we can do it as often as we like. We could come in, we could do it every, every service if we wanted to. The, the Lord's Supper is a symbol, a memorial, a, a proclamation of the suffering and the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we, we, it's a basically a show and tell. It's a re- reminder for us. Every month we come together and we take communion together. And, and that's, that's what it is. It's a symbol re- reminding us of what Jesus did for us. Then water baptism, water baptism don't save you. Water baptism signifies the believer 's identification with Jesus Christ in his death, burial and resurrection, and is practiced by immersion. Now, after saying that, let me say this: There are some denominations that use water baptism as, as a, an entrance to, to salvation, to the relationship with the Lord. And people who do that usually, they make a dedication of their life to Jesus Christ. OK? So don't ever look at somebody and say, "Well, because you receive Christ that way, that's not the right way." Part of, remember, we're a part of the universal church. And the universal church, some of the, some of the people that are part of God's church, we in groups don't feel comfortable worshiping with that group of people okay so that's why there are so many denominations it's not that I'm right and they're wrong or they're right and I'm wrong it is just that this is the group where God has called us to be able to reach people of like-minded faith Amen? amen praise the Lord so there are other things in, covered in this document as well. We talk about the end of time, the rapture, the tribulation, the second coming of Christ, the final judgment, and eternal, the eternal state of the righteous and the eternal state of the wicked. But we don't, we're not, we don't have time to cover all that here, of course. The importance of having a biblical faith document is, is, is real. This statement of fundamental truths contains the the doctrines of the PAOC. These are non-negotiable tenets of faith that all affiliated churches agree to. Everyone that is uh, uh, affiliated with the Pentecostal Assembly of Canada, this is what we believe. And so the importance of having this document now is that uh, we want to be all on the same page. We are a mixture of different beliefs in this church. Most of you didn't grow up in a Pentecostal church. There's a great percentage of you that are of Catholic background. There are Anglican background. There are Baptist background an Alliance background, United Church background. And so we all come together as one in this place. And we're saying that we want everybody to teach the same thing. You may have some different ideas, but we don't want you teaching some of the ideas that other groups teach that we don't teach. We don't want to cause confusion. So this is why we are, this has always been our, our, our belief, but we have been very slack in it in the past. We've got a young man that we're hoping will be the lead pastor in, in two more years' time. And and we want to set the ship on course so that we're going. Everyone's going in the same direction, and uh, and the way we do it, it's going to be. Uh, everybody is going to know what we believe, and 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 if they're going to be teaching or leading, they will be well aware of, of these things, the, um, of the uh, of these fundamental truths, salvation water baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, divine healing, and second coming of Jesus Christ are considered cardinal doctrines which are essential to the church's core mission of reaching the world for Christ. And so these things are not negotiable. We will not participate in any kind of an argument over that. Either you believe it or you can live with it or you're going to have to find someone in other part of the, the, the community that believes in it. Conclusion. The Bible is our all-sufficient rule for faith and practice. This is going to be the shortest conclusion you'll ever hear from me. <laughs> His word is truth. The Bible, okay, is truth. The truth of God's word is what sets us free. This statement of fundamental truths is intended simply as a basis of fellowship among us. As the Bible says, that we all speak the same thing. 1 Corinthians 1.10. It is designed to keep us from being tossed about by every wind of doctrine. Ephesians 4.14. So that I can say and you can say, I know what I believe And I know why I believe it. I have biblical reasons for what I believe. It's in the book, God's Holy Word, the Bible. Amen. So that is our section one and two of of the Connect 101. We'll do section uh, three and four next Sunday. And we will have booklets for, for you at that time. So let's just pray for the food. Okay, we're going to do that so when they get everything set up, you can go. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you today for Connect Sunday. We want to thank you, Lord, that you have dropped into our hearts, Lord, something that can be substantial in keeping us on track, something that we have, Lord, a framework that we will have, Lord, that all of us will know. What we what we are about, where we're going, and how we're going to get there. So Lord, we pray that you would just bless our time of fellowship together today, bless all of the activities, bless the food, and thank you, Lord, for being able, for us being able to provide this, Lord, at this time. So we thank you for all of your blessings, and everybody says Amen.
0: You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.